When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And what's up? Welcome in GC Live Monday episode of the show. Wes Mitchell here, Chris Clark. It is GC Live. Plenty to get to, plenty to talk about. But uh, Chris, before we get anywhere, before we move on, to any other subject, before we tell you about our presenting sponsor, we got to start, I would say, first with a congratulations uh, to South Carolina women's basketball, to Dawn Staley, to everybody involved with that program. Going wire to wire, number one to start the year, number one to finish the year, and then, uh, man, just doing it in dominant fashion last night. I mean... I don't know about you. You, uh, you know, I, I kind of kept waiting to see if there was going to be that that run, that surge from UConn. Um, there was a, you know, a little couple of, I would just say, mini runs here or there. They chipped away at the lead. South Carolina had a big lead in the first half, but ultimately, the Gamecocks did what they've done uh, just about every game this season and uh, took care of business. The game was never really in doubt. Very fitting that they defeat UConn uh, on the way to a national title. Uh, obviously, Dawn Staley second at the University of South Carolina. And uh, the, the first for, for this core group of girls. And um, just so impressive, man. I've been listening to the radio, watching TV. Uh, I don't know necessarily if there are proper words to put into context just how impressive this run is. And... Uh, I don't know that it shows any signs of, of slowing down anytime soon either, Chris. It is really, really hard to win a title. Like even the teams that have steamrolled competition during the regular season, we have seen this so many times when it comes title time, you just never know. Right. And obviously UConn has done its fair share of damage with Gino Oriema, that amount of national titles that they've won in his long career. Um, they have been the best program for a really, really long time, right? Even then, it's not like they've won every year. And, you know, you see in football, you see in baseball, you certainly see in basketball, it's difficult to win a championship. Um, and to go so to go wire to wire, have all those expectations, um, have a, only a couple blemishes in total the entire season, but to have that target on your back for South Carolina and be able to come out and win, um, with all that pressure, with all the expectations, I, I think was tremendous. So you're right. They came out and established things right from the get-go. Uh, Gino R.E.M., I don't know if you caught his post-game press conference, Wes. Um, certainly he laid out some of the challenges that UConn has had this year, and they have had those, but I thought he was very complimentary of the program. It was pretty evident from the start of that game that South Carolina was was on a mission. I mean, that's what I tweeted out after the game they were just simply not going to be denied. I mean, they made a lot of great plays. They shot the ball well. They made good decisions. But when you really look at what won this game, it was rebounding. It was incredible defense. Uh, they just suffocated UConn all night and, and set the tone. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought um, I thought Gino was um, kind of gracious in, in defeat. You know, I, I think um, – I think he knew who the better team was. You know, I I, I thought that was kind of apparent. Um, what, what caught my attention wasn't even necessarily his words after the game, but his words during the game. I think it was in between the first and second quarter when they caught him, um, you know, for those little quick interviews they do. And he just had the look of a coach who, um, I, I don't want to say had no answers as in like, oh, he didn't know what to do. He was overwhelmed. Just as a coach who, has been in how many national championship battles, how many Final Four battles, you know, who just was probably sitting there saying, I've been in many games where the roles were reversed. And um, 
you know, I thought one of Gino's quotes was kind of telling, you know, they had, they've won 11 titles and he said, you know, in 10 of them, we were the better team and, and maybe all 11. And, uh, you know, don't, don't Staley talked about that actually that they had so much post-game coverage. I think this was with the uh, onset crew that was doing a post-game and they sort of took over sports center, you know, Don Staley said the number one team, the best team does not always win the championship. And how many times have we seen a team just roll through a regular season? And, and it doesn't matter the sport in multiple sports where just something gets off, right? Like maybe, maybe a player just mentally kind of has a couple bad games, gets down on themselves. Um, maybe you, you just tweak an injury and it, it affects everything. So to to go wire to wire is just, uh, in my opinion, maybe the most impressive thing about this. And then the fact that they just took care of business on Sunday. They were there did not appear to be any nerves, man. Like they uh, they just went out there and did what they were supposed to do. And the game never really felt that close. It felt like South Carolina was always in control. They were. There were only maybe. I think two points and it was probably when, when UConn would cut it to like six. I remember there was one point later in the game where um, they finally hit a corner three and I think Beckers came back and made a shot and you're going, all right, let's see. This is a point where South Carolina needs to answer, you know, and they did, you know, cause you're sitting there going, Carolina's got the ball. Now, if they don't get a points down here and then UConn comes down and gets an easy basket, now you're at four points, you know, or something like that. Just never happened. South Carolina always had an answer uh, from the get-go. I know, I know you used the word, word overwhelmed earlier, Wes, and that's a word that Gino used. And some, someone mentioned that he was – scout guy saying he looked like he was physically ill. I listened to – they did have a bug going through the team. His press conference, a little, little bit of nasal stuff going on there. So I don't know if maybe Gino really didn't feel all that well. That's very possible with the sickness running through their team. but. I mean, I totally agree with you. It it was kind of like he had almost resigned himself to this is going to be a long night. We know, you know, going into that game. Okay. What's your, what's your biggest weakness? Any team in the country against South Carolina, it's the glass. I mean, there might, might be other things you're better than South Carolina at. They're going to be better than you at most things, but their number one advantage against anybody is their ability on the defensive and offensive boards. And, that had to be Gino R.E.M.'s biggest hope going into that game is, okay, can we level that out or can we make enough shots or can Carolina miss enough shots to where it's not that big of an issue? It was a big issue from the very beginning, and uh, that's that's why they had trouble all night. Definitely, man. Before we get any further, I want to tell everybody about our presenting sponsor. It is Clint Hammond. You see his smiling face right there if you're on the video version of the show. NMLS number 71597, 803-576-4450 is the phone number. As always, ClintHammond.com. You see right above my head every single show. Uh, give Clint a shout. If you are in the market for a new home, uh, Clint will help walk you through what can be a daunting or overwhelming process. Word of the day, overwhelming. Uh, Clint will make it much easier than it was for UConn dealing with South Carolina's defense last night. And, uh, you know, that that was certainly the story. I, I think that no matter – how how well the offense did or didn't play throughout the tournament. The offense, the offense kind of started to come on. Actually, as the opponents got better, South Carolina's offense sort of took it into another level as well. But the defense traveled, man. Like to, to use a cliche, every single team South Carolina faced uh, was well below what they normally shoot and what they normally score. You know throughout the season and, and that was just because they were suffocating on defense and and man we as much shine as much love as Aaliyah Boston has dis- deservedly gotten all season long and all tournament long first I saw this stat I think SEC Network maybe put it out on Twitter first person in NCAA tournament history to average 15 points and 15 boards uh, throughout the tournament incredible she is the engine that drives this program right now, at least on the court. But man, Destiny Henderson, um, anything is possible, as they say now. 
she was incredible, man. She, you know, you want to talk about somebody looking like they were on a mission. She was on a mission. And, you know, Chris, you and I talk quite a bit about development of players in the other sports, you know, in football, obviously, which is our primary sport we cover. But, man, talk about the development of her from when she first arrived, waiting a couple of years, uh, you know, behind Ty Harris. Um, She was, you know, pretty highly recruited in her own right, but sat, waited, waited her turn. And then even this year, you know, I I think when people think about this team, they obviously think of Aaliyah Boston first. Um, They think of Bree Bill's defense if they really follow the team. Zaya Cook is sort of the other, like, most highly recruited player on this team, you know, in addition to Aaliyah Boston. They don't necessarily talk about Destiny Henderson first, second, or maybe even third on this team. She was the best player on the floor last night, and she was playing with confidence. There was a moment where they they kept getting these close-ups over when she was shooting free throws, Chris. I think she had gotten a little bit tired or actually maybe even was hurting a little bit, but she just kept kept rolling, man. Um, that was so fun to watch because uh, she she seems to just be a, a really incredible personality. Like, um, to, to see somebody else step up, have a career high in that moment uh, w- was just really, really fun to watch last night. It was, it was, and I'm, I'm not being dramatic saying this, like it was one of the more impressive performances I've seen, like in Carolina hoops in all the games I've watched men's or women's, she was completely locked in and, you know, her offense, obviously shooting, she started three from three, three, four, three from the three point line, which was a huge part of opening that game and setting the tone, getting yourself open for some threes, hitting them, knocking them down. That was big. You think of the early corner three. You think of how patient she was with the basketball, how she took care of it. That was huge. But to me, Wes, the job she did on Paige Beckers, which is, you know, you you think of a few people who are the hardest guards, hardest people to guard in women's basketball. Leah Boston, probably up there, right? She might be number one, number two. Paige Beckers is up there. She's incredible with how she moves off the ball. Uh, getting herself open, able to pirouette, spin, do all these different things and get her shot off, create her own shot. It's a really difficult guard. I think a lot of us thought, and I, or I'll put myself in this category, we thought, okay, Bree Beal, right? Bree Beal, who did an amazing job on Haley Van Leith from Louisville, completely shut her down for most of that game. You're thinking, all right, best offensive player, Beckers, best defender on the ball, Bree Beal. But no, they put Destiny Henderson on her. Another great decision by Dawn Staley because Henderson was so in Becker's pocket for most of the night that in the early going, Becker's was passive. You know, she finally started searching for her shot later and she did make some plays as she's going to do. But I think she had no points in the first quarter, which was significant. Um, And Henderson just made some outstanding plays defensively on her, whether it was denying her the ball or preventing her from getting a shot off. And then obviously there were some defensive possessions as a team for South Carolina that, that were awesome as well. So yeah, Henderson should get a ton of credit. I, I agree with you. She was the best player on the floor last night. I think Victoria Saxon, once again, was so under underrated. She she was huge in that game as well, but Henderson was awesome. Yeah, she was. And I, I think just um, one of the points that was made after the game was how this team – has taken on the personality of Dawn Staley. And, man, you, you know, as, as many high-profile athletes as you and I are around um, due to our jobs, the ability of Dawn Staley to take what, in almost all these cases, were the best player. Every, every single player on this team was the best player on their high school team. And to get them all to come together and just buy in to, hey, you have a role. You know, Zaya Cook could be the best player on many teams in the country, but she she played her role. Um, you know, Bree Bill, we, we talk about her defense, uh, but as an overall player, she was one of the best players in the country out of high school. It, you know, the, the younger, the freshmen and sophomores that are playing – but uh, 
not starting and sort of playing these reserve roles, almost all of them were like top 10, top 12, top 13, depending on the rankings you look at, in the entire country. So for them to all buy in, man, uh, and not be that little that little negative, you know, that little chirping in the locker room, that little, well, I'm here, but I'm going to have, I'm just going to add some negativity to the conversation. For them not to operate like that and to operate fully as a team capacity is, um, it's a huge credit to them individually for buying in, but also a huge credit to Don Staley. There are not many people that can be as successful as Don Staley as a player that have been able to turn around and translate that into ability as a coach. And possibly more impressive, in my opinion, Chris, than the ability just X's and O's or recruiting or all this other stuff is just the ability to, um, to build a culture and a team mindset and to get everybody to buy in and to teach them about life as well. I mean, there's kind of, I don't even know necessarily who to compare it to, man. Um, a, a lot of times you and I, <clears throat> we sort of go across sports. But, I mean, it's kind of like the way Saban just recruits top talent after top talent after top talent. And if you go to that program, you just have to know, hey, I may not play right away. I, I may not be the top player right away. But I'm going to have a chance to do something special. And they all got to experience what that was, what that special thing is last night. Yeah. And I'm glad you used the word culture. I I was going to bring that up. She's kind of created this, not only the team culture, but just this entire culture around the program, whether it's, you know, the whole fans thing instead of fans, you know, we're going to have fans and you see how the, uh, the, the niche that this program has carved out in the community nationally the awareness that they brought to the sport you know Don Staley is a transcendent figure you know in athletics just in general you know and you can maybe even go farther than that but it it really is amazing what she's done it's more than just we're going to recruit a bunch of good players and we'll roll them out there and kind of see what happens you know I mean they it really is kind of a true program and people have such a big attachment to it um she talks about it a lot. She talked about it in the post game, you know, with the ESPN crew about TV rights and women's sports and all these different things and whatever your thoughts are on that. Nobody can deny the fact that, you know, Dawn has completely changed the fortunes of, of the South Carolina women's basketball program, but she's also brought more awareness to the university and she's certainly built a culture and a program that is very unique. And I think she's completely changed the sport now where look, Gino, Ariema, UConn, they may win the national title next year. They may win the next five. I have no idea. I would bank on Dawn Staley capturing probably a few more in her career before she's done. But I think in a lot of ways there's been a torch passing where it was Gino, Ariema, and it was Pat Summit. I think Dawn Staley is kind of the face of women's college basketball and really probably women's sports right now in the country. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, um, I mean, I, I'll be curious to see what, you know, U- UConn and their staff had to be looking out there saying, we are, we are outclassed as far as ability and talent and plan on the floor. What do they try to now do? Get, can they reinvent themselves a little bit and now try and, and match the, the South Carolina program? I, I think it's the big question because this thing ain't, I, I hate I hate to like start to get too far ahead of ourselves with it because it's less than twenty you know it's less than twenty four hours um, since you you accomplished this tremendous goal but this thing is not slowing down anytime soon and the fact that you you bring you bring most of this team back next year and then you add Raven Johnson to the floor as well who according to like early reports, was the best of the freshmen that, that came in last year. So, you know, you're you're obviously going to have to – you're going to have to re- replace your point guard in Destiny Henderson. That's going to be difficult. But Raven Johnson was going to be the backup point guard this year until 
you know, she she injured her knee. So I, I think there, you know, you, you look ahead, this thing is not slowing down anytime soon. The the question quickly becomes how do you keep the motivation with this group? How do how do you motivate for another title when I think you could sort of li- listen to Aaliyah Boston talk after the game, how many times she mentioned that that vision of her, that photo or video of her crying last year and how that was the motivation for this year. It was clear there were some things, you know, there were some specific things that were used when things got tough. How do you rewrite this thing? And and there's nobody better than Dawn Staley, I think, to go back and say, well, what are we going to point to now? Where Where do we find our motivation now? But the talent is going to be there. Regardless, and I think it's only it's only going to keep growing. It it may actually, it may actually get better, but the 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 buy in and the the want to will have to stay at the level that it was this year as well. Yeah, and, and Dawn is so. I mean, one of her biggest strengths, and she has many of them. I think you know is being able to find even the smallest things that she can take to motivate her or motivate her team. And that did rub off. I mean, Aaliyah Boston was, she was not coming off of that, that thing about her, you know, the vision, the, the images of her crying and things of that nature. You could tell that bothered her and it was a big motivation for, it wasn't just, it wasn't just losing in that game against Stanford and how they lost. It was how the information was regurgitated, how it was portrayed that bothered her. And you can tell in a lot of the public messaging and the private messaging that Dawn has with her team, she is really, really good at, at taking different things that maybe it's not even a slight, but it's going to be a slight towards their team, you know, to be able to motivate them for the next thing. Definitely, man. Uh, I want to hit a couple of our chat comments here. And um, like I said, I, I don't know if I said this out loud or just to you, Chris, I, I'm going to try. So, so South Carolina women's basketball is scheduled to arrive at CLA at 2.30. So for those of you who are on the live stream right now for us, obviously the audio podcast, I will, I'm going to cut this part out. Um, so y'all can go watch it. Colin's actually there. You can watch it on YouTube, youtube.com slash Gamecock Central later on if you're listening to this on the podcast audio version. But if you're with us here live, which we've got, I think, about 150 people hanging out with us right now. I'm going to try to pull some video up of the team arriving that we can talk over um, as we continue with the show. That'll be here um, in a second. And uh, Chris, like I said, I want I want to hit on a couple of these comments, and I do want to thank our friends at Liberty Tax here in Columbia for um, they are technically our chat line sponsor right now. So uh, this is brought to you by them. Uh, Trey, uh, adding to our point from earlier that Henderson – almost um, shut down uh, Paige Beckers. And I, you know, it really felt like there was a point, Chris, where Beckers kind of was like, all right, I'm going to, it's going to have to be me tonight. And I almost could feel the wheels turning. It felt like she was about to try to play hero ball and just try to take over for UConn offensively. But even then, it just was not happening. She was having to work so hard to get open looks. She did end up getting a few open looks, but she was having to run the court so much and weave in and out of traffic and off of so many different screens. And um, it just it just was not happening. And normally it feels like when you sometimes you can wear out your player. Like if if Henderson's game was just shutting down Beckers and then she's you know, and Henderson scored like eight points or something, you'd be like, well, she did her job. She shut down their best scorer. So for her to have the career high she did, the offensive night she did, while simultaneously shutting down their best player uh, is all the more impressive in my opinion. And, you know, I I think uh, there was a great point also. Where'd it go? Also from Trey, I guess we're showing Trey all the love. Uh, Henderson had a case for MVP, and I, I guess so. So Aaliyah's award was uh, Final Four MVP. So you're including 
the other game in there as well, um, I, I guess technically. But national championship MVP, in my opinion, was certainly Destiny Henderson. I thought so too. And, you know, you go back and look at Beckers. It's, it, it's not – remember, she missed a bunch of games with an injury, and they kind of brought her back slowly to where even in the early stages of the NCAA tournament, um, she was playing small minutes. You know, I think, like, she played nine minutes in their opener against Villanova. Against Mercer, she played 24. Like, so she's still coming along. If you go through and look, she played almost the whole game last night. That was probably – when you kind of look at the stats and the metrics, probably her worst game of the season, you know, and she didn't play poorly, really. But that was when you bake in how much she played versus her production, it was it was one of the worst games. Certainly you could say that fairly, one of the worst games that she's played all season. And so um, I think Destiny Henderson had a lot to do with that. Gina Oriema even mentioned after the game, West, kind of along the lines of what you said, Paige was kind of – she was kind of all they had offensively, and so she did feel some pressure to do it all herself, and he said, look, you're that's not ideal. You can't have one person out there doing it. And he was very measured and all that about it. Um, it was kind of recognized she had to, she had to be it for them, um, but that's not good enough. You're not going to be able to beat South Carolina with, with one person taking the shots and and, and trying to do everything. And she scored, what'd she score, Wes? I mean, 14 points. Yeah, she had 14 points. 46% shooting. She made one three. She got to the free throw line once. Or, you know, got there once and made one of those. Yeah. So that's about yeah. as good as you can ask for. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, before we move any further, uh, got to tell everybody about Liberty Tax. Uh, overcome your tax anxiety. Chris, have you done your taxes yet, man? We're still waiting on you to confirm that you've so done what? your taxes. Nope. No tax anxiety at an all-time high. Right now, yeah, we're running out of time. It is April 4th. Um, give our friends with the tax team at Liberty Tax Locations here in the Columbia area a call. Um, Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia, they're at 1123 South Lake Drive in Lexington, 7467 St. Andrews Road in Irmo, and then 551 St. Andrews Road in Columbia. They have virtual income tax prep, uh, with local tax professionals, or you can go in office uh, if you want to do it more. More old school, more traditional. Uh, that is certainly available as well. Um, and leading up until April 18th, which is the date this year, um, you can actually, they're actually open nights and weekends. So that is 803-462-5576. And um, while y'all are looking at that graphic, I'm going to try. Y'all be- just bear with me here. There's a little process to this. I'm going to try and see if we can't get something going on this uh, this women's basketball um, deal. Let's see. Y'all just hang with me real. Okay, there we go. Um, so I'm, I'm going to just sort of leave that up right now. And um, Chris, you and I can sort of keep rolling with the show. But... Uh, let, let's talk a little football recruiting, Chris, while we wait on the team to get there. Um, Corey Rucker goes public. He was the welcome home from, uh, I guess that's now a few weeks ago. And uh, actually, the, the most, so there was three welcome homes, right? Everybody wants to know which welcome home is who. The most recent welcome home was Shane Beamer tweeting about the addition of Corey Rucker. Arkansas State transfer portal wide receiver, three years of eligibility left. And Chris, uh, you know, I'll I'll throw it open to you, man. Your initial thoughts on the addition of Corey Rucker. Well, we knew that the Carolina staff was going to take some flexibility past the 2022 recruiting class in order to be able to add a player or players from the transfer portal if they found one that was a good fit at a position of need. And so a wide receiver is one of those positions where South Carolina is looking to add help both in the short term and long term. And so when Corey Rucker hit the portal, that was kind of a natural fit. You know, you've talked about this a lot past in the past on Gamecock Central outlining that it, it moved pretty quickly. Once Corey hit the, hit the portal, uh, South Carolina and a bunch of others jumped on him. They were in early on him, which I think ended up helping it. They were able to get him on campus but this is a guy that's been a really productive player. 
when you look at his traits, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything that you look at about Corey Rucker and say, well, he's absolutely elite in this one metric. You know, he's not going to run four two five. He's not six four. But what he does have is good size, and he just seems to do everything well. He runs good routes. He's good in space. Um, he plays a little bit bigger than his size. And I think the key uh, to all that, Wes, is he's productive. I mean, he has a track record of being productive. So this is someone that you know will be able to come on campus, go through preseason practice, and I think solves exactly what I was talking about in that could he help short term? Yes, but he also has – you know, he's not a one-year guy. He's a guy that's got up to three years of eligibility, so that can give you a long-term solution as well. It's kind of like getting a player with experience out of your high school recruiting class who can come and, and play multiple years for you. Yeah, man, I, I think um, when he first hit the portal, South Carolina was one of, if not the first program to reach out and then to offer him. So they, they made it very clear from from day one, hey, you know, you're a guy we want. And the, the two words that were kind of, I, I would say, thrown out there to me right off the bat were explosive and productive. And I, I think you look at the film, there, there's a game on there where if you pull up YouTube, just type in Corey Rucker, there's a game on there where he just absolutely goes off and uh, and sets some records. And, and you watch, he's a guy who can catch the football down the field. He's a guy who can uh, make plays after the catch, I think. Looking at him, he's he's kind of someone who could play outside. He could play the slot. Um, just gives you another option. I, I think you look at this receiver position, man. This time last year, we were all trying to figure out who's the number one option. Like, who who's going to catch the football? And now, I think you look, Josh Van, obviously, is the returning top target. Then, Jaheim Bell you know, you can sort of give him his own position. Like he's, but he's going to be a, a receiving threat for this team. Antoine Wells is coming on. He is in a key battle with Xavier Leggett. Obviously, Amarian Brown, to carry on Joyner are kind of going to be your two guys in the slot. Brown's had a, a good spring by all indications so far. And now you, you add Corey Rucker into this rotation as well. You still got a uh, big man, EJ Jenkins in the rotation too. So, you have some options. You have some versatile skill sets. You can, you know, maybe you can have a goal line package. You can have a, hey, we want to run the football package. You can have a, we want to put speed on the field package. You can do a lot of different things with this group that I think before, man, you weren't even getting to that detail. I think you were just saying, can I find three guys that I can roll out there and that can maybe get open? Absolutely. I mean, and that's, look, none of that's to say, we don't need people going on social media or running back to the insiders forum on Gamecock Central saying what well, well, Wes and Chris said that they're going to light up the scoreboard. But certainly you do feel better about the receiver position as far as the personnel going into this season because there's just there's a little bit more known commodities. Even if it's something like, okay, you like you remember the EJ Jenkins kind of, and I don't mean in a negative way, like the hype going into last year, Wes. You know, Largely, there wasn't a ton of production there, and that wasn't just EJ. I mean, the entire offense, right? But even if it's knowing, okay, this is what EJ Jenkins can do, or, hey, we saw what Amarian Brown, what he kind of needs to be in the bowl game, how he needs to get the ball, what he can do. The players and coaches have had a year to learn each other. The fans have even seen and be able to been able to set some expectations. We know Josh Van's going to be the best pure receiver on this team. We know that Jaheim Bell is a really good football player and can do a lot of different things. More known commodities, but beyond that, you know, they do have more bodies this year, and I think more able bodies, you know, to go out there and do some things. So while this, again, it's not a team that's going to go light up the scoreboard and, you know, they're not going to have 2,000-yard receivers on this team. I don't even think they'll have one. We'll, we'll see. I don't think so. You know, they still do have the capability to be more productive. And I think Rucker is a pretty, you know, significant part of that. Yeah. And I think, you know, we see it all the time, man. We, we, we do put expectations on guys. And, you know, Marion Brown was one I, I would have, I would have thought he had a chance to have a really big year last year. And, you know, it just, it didn't quite happen. I thought we saw some signs of him breaking out. And then, 
it, it just never really happened until he had, you know, I, I thought one of his better games against, um, you know, against North Carolina in the bowl game. So sometimes, you know, Corey Rucker, as a guy who comes in in the summer, he he may come in, he may pick everything up incredibly quickly, and he may push for a starting job right away. Or, you know, he may come in, it may be very quiet. People, He may be that guy where people are asking, hey, why is he not playing more? Why is he not playing more? And he's going to be in the rotation. He may show signs here or there. And then he may use this year to get settled in and then be a huge part of the rotation the next year. You know, and I, I think that's that's a huge advantage to taking some of these guys out of the portal that, as you said earlier, man, have three years of eligibility left. In in my opinion, you start looking ahead. You know, Josh Van is done this year. So you start looking ahead. Jaheim Bell is in his third year in the program. He is going to be draft eligible after this season. Wells and Rucker both having three years left. They, they could – use this year to sort of get ready to be the core of your receiving group, you know, next season. So I just think when you're, when you're sitting there and you're counting on one guy, it's kind of, it's tough going into a year when you were sitting there saying all these guys have a chance. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to light it up, but it just percentage wise, you feel a lot better about um, being able to put three guys out there that can get open and that teams have to account for than, than you did at any point, I think, last offseason. That's right. Yeah, just just more options, you know. And, and you know, okay, Josh Van, he's he's the lead guy. Like, he, ha- he now has a body of work where we're not sitting around this year, Wes, going, look, guys, Josh Van, I promise he's got a lot of talent. Like, I promise he can do it. Um, he actually has has put that – on the field he looks very focused we've gotten to see him a little bit this spring in our limited media viewing windows and I don't think there's any reason to believe anything other than he's going to be able to go out and turn in another solid campaign as a senior will it be what it was last season from a production standpoint will it be the same will it be better we'll see but we know that that ability has now translated to the field and and there are more options now and so you're not going there okay can they scratch out three guys <laughs> that can go out there and play wide receiver? Now you can talk about it a little bit more of, and I was talking about this with the guys on 107.5, the game earlier today in our spot. Now you can start talking about an actual rotation. Again, not that that rotation is going to be top five in the SEC, okay, but a rotation that can go make some plays for you. And by the way, you have Spencer Rattler out there throwing him the football. That tends to make things look better as well. Definitely, man, and um, you know, can can it be top five as far as receiving core, as far as offense? Probably not realistic. Can it be? Here's a, here's the question: Can it be top half in in the SEC? Can the offense be top half in the SEC? I think, I think that's what you're aiming for, man. Like, yeah. can you know, there in, in general in the SEC, that sort of middle, almost like the middle third, right? Like. You're going to have a couple of elite teams at the top, and then you're going to kind of have this this just a jumble in the middle almost, and then you're going to have the teams at the bottom. South Carolina offensively was way down there. We talked about this last week, man. They were way down there last year. Can you at least get yourself into that middle area? You know, is going to be a huge thing. Uh, for South Carolina this year. And, and if you do that, you're, you're going to have a chance because I do think the um, – I think the defense, if things roll their way, has a chance to be really solid, uh, you know, again this season. There, by the way, there was a question about um, the team arriving. Again, if you're watching with us live, that is a live view right there that you're seeing that I have pulled. Um, so, no, the team has not arrived yet. If um, If you're listening to this later on, just head on over to youtube.com slash Gamecock Central. Colin's going to have some video posted. But um, depending on when they get here, if it's towards the end of the show, Chris, we may just let everybody go and, and shoot them on over to the official uh, YouTube stream from South Carolina. Um, let's see. What else do we need to hit, man? Scrimmage on Saturday. Not a lot out there right now. Shane Beamer's going to speak on Tuesday, I believe, this week uh, about the latest on spring practice. And uh, we'll certainly have more from that 
from, from everything I've been told, Chris, a couple of noteworthy things. One, a, a deep ball to uh, to Marion Brown making another play out there. I believe that was from Spencer Rattler um, catching a bomb. His speed, of course, being a uh, a major part of what he brings to the table. And uh, and Mo Kaba also making a big play, having a pick six in the scrimmage. Um, it it continues to sound like. From everything I've heard, man, that the defense has been running around, has been active, has been making plays, and uh, again, that's that's not a bad sign when a guy like Kaba, you know, with Debo Williams and him getting a ton of reps this spring, um, you know, with the first unit, with them being pretty careful. It sounds like with some veteran guys like Sharad Green and Brad Johnson. Yeah, it is. I mean, Mo Kaba, a guy with a lot of ability, we, we've covered in the past how. Early in his career, I think some people were sitting around going, where is he? <laughs> you know, where's the impact? It's taken him a little while longer. I think with that significant knee injury that he sustained in high school, there was a, you know, kind of a longer path towards coming back from that. But, you know, physically, he he definitely looks the part. And I think he has a lot of ability, a lot of natural ability that he's starting to tap into. So, the you know, that is a, a huge plus for this team and that, you know, in being careful with your older guys, with Sherrod Green, Brad Johnson going into their final seasons, you get those young guys some run. Debo Williams, a young guy, a transfer. He played a little last year, but he was year one. You know, he, he was a freshman transfer who had not played. So um, getting those guys a lot of runs, significant. Um, and, again, good good to hear on a Marion Brown because he he's kind of one of the guys that I've circled Wes as a possible X factor for this offense. I mean, Josh Van the running game, Jaheim Bell, Spencer Rattler, all Austin Stogner when he gets to South Carolina, all those are rightfully being talked about a lot. I think Amarian Brown is a guy that with his kind of unique skill set, he's someone that I feel like could show a lot more than he did last season. I mean, think back to last year. I think he had two catches all year prior to his bowl game performance against North Carolina where he caught, I think, four or five passes. That's more along the lines of, I think, what they need him to do in this offense. Yeah, and man, Chris, I think he's a guy, um, just just with his speed, you can involve him in in some jet sweep stuff as well. Now, he's he's not the biggest guy. He's not going to stick his head in there like, you know, like Debo did back in the day or, or like Jaheim does when they hand the ball off to him. But if you want to sort of look, who, who's a versatile guy that can, you know, bring some extra speed to this team, then he he's the guy that uh I'll use your phrase he's the guy you circle man because I think that's something as we've kind of looked at the roster the last couple of years you know what what have we said there has not been a ton of team speed you have to that's something they've had to keep trying to add something they've tried to fix and I, I think Brown is the guy that brings that and, and just pure quickness man you look at some of the things um you know some of the things we've heard. Or you know, or, or been privy to watch a little bit of just uh, the, the pure quickness there to get open is uh, is very impressive. And again, I'll go back to what I was talking about earlier with Wells and Rucker. Sometimes it just takes a guy that full cycle to get comfortable. So you know, Brown may be that guy that by the end of the year. We're talking about him as like a household name among South Carolina fans, you know? Yeah, athletically, you know, you see some things in practice and you see him move around and then like you go back and watch the bowl game. And I, I can never shake the feeling of like, you know, A, where, where was this? <laughs> and B, you know, what can he be going forward? Um, smaller guy, sure. Not going to catch 60 balls. No, probably not. But can he carve out a very important role and be used in this offense to to its advantage? I definitely think so. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, where that where that goes this season. Wes, I want to make sure I hit on something real quick, not to jump in, but I will. Therefore, uh, before we get out of here, I got to mention something going up very shortly on this on GamecockCentral.com right after the show, probably tickets for the annual DJ Swearinger Celebrity Basketball Game. It is taking place on April 15th, which, of course, is the night before the spring game. Uh, I'm going to drop the link here in the chat. You can go get your tickets for that. Um, 
Two Spoons Foundation, this uh, charity basketball game, goes to benefit that. And a lot of uh, Gamecock royalty, Wes, going to be there. I mean, Jadavion Clowney, Pharaoh Cooper, Jonathan Joseph, Stefan Gilmore, and others will join DJ Swearinger. There'll be a dunk contest in the celebrity basketball game. Again, that's April 15th. Doors open at 6.30. Link is in the chat, and we'll have something up on GamecockCentral.com this afternoon as well. Wanted to make sure that we told the people about that. Yeah, I have three thoughts to add. First of all, shout out Kendall Smith, our intern extraordinaire, uh, listening and watching our show right now. What's up, Kendall? Uh, Chris, second of all, are you participating in the celebrity basketball game? I'll follow that with two thoughts. Uh, Nobody wants to see that, and I'm not a celebrity. So I think I'm, especially when you stack me up against those names I just read, definitely not a celebrity. So I, I think I'm automatically disqualified. From that. Okay, additional note, um, the Two Spoons Foundation may be the best-named charity foundation. I'm not just going to say in the country. I'm going to say of all time, actually. And um, who's the best basketball player among that bunch? Because you've got some guys that were pretty good back in their high school days from what you hear. So is, is Sidney Rice on the list? I don't think Sydney. Let me double check this list. I don't think Sydney I, was a beast back in the day. Um, well, and I you think, got the, the, you got Melvin Ingram is on here too. Oh yeah, yeah. Melvin was a stud. Yeah, I think I heard Jonathan Joseph was good. Clowney played basketball in high school, but it wasn't it wasn't anywhere close to what he could do on the football field. Um, no, I say that as somebody who could he could knock me through this back uh, window over here, but. Debo Samuel, Jared Cook, Mike Davis, Gilmore. You know, Farrow Cooper. I've never heard a Farrow Cooper take on how good he is. Yeah, I don't see Sidney Rice on here. I'm going to say on there, man. I don't know. Did Debo play in high school? I don't. I can't remember. I cannot remember. Uh, I'm going to say, without knowing for sure, Melvin Ingram and DJ Swearinger are the top two hoopers in this event. That'd be my guess. Uh, was is DJ that good at basketball? I think I've heard DJ is pretty good. I think I don't. I've got something in my head leading me to believe that. But even so, it's his. He's putting on the event, so we're going to put him up there at the top, even if he's not good at all. Yeah, we'll give him some shine. Um, speaking of shine, before we get out of here, man, and and again, if you're watching live, we're. As soon as the team shows up, we're we're gonna get out of your way and let you just go um go watch the official live stream from South Carolina. We're still waiting on the women's basketball team to arrive at CLA for their um their introduction. Man, um, first of all, I thought earlier you were gonna mention the Colton Gothier yeah. concert. Well, so, let me put that up too. Let me put that up too. I mean, there's so many things going on that are good in Gamecock country, and I'm going to drop that link too right in the chat, Wes. Thank you for the The question topic. is, will you get the date correct? <laughs> Amazing. But yes, I will. I will. It is going to be April 9th, <laughs> and I'm going to pull up my calendar just so we can verify for the people. That is Saturday. The team is supposed to practice on Saturday morning. That night, South Carolina quarterback Colton Gothier will be putting on the first annual, and Wes, I dare say, I dare say, the first ever NIL virtual concert mm-hmm. with Colton Gothier. Saturday, April 9th at 7 p.m. You may be going, what is that? I don't know. He's basically going to get on and play the guitar uh, with some buddies on a virtual concert on the stage at Platform. The, the event is ticketed, so your your proceeds will go to Colton Gothier. It's basically an NIL deal for Colton, so really cool deal with him. Jam.GarnetTrust.com made you a really easy link there. I think I screwed the link up, so you can't even click it. Just put it in, Jam.GarnetTrust.com, and you'll be able to find information and tickets right there. Go check that out. should be a good time. Yeah, and for those who don't know, always give – Chris crap about dates because uh, oh, I'm very bad at him. That's uh, that's one of his things. But man, uh, again, let's close out with this. How about the fact that the very first thing that Don Staley said on the podium was not about her best players, was not about um, herself, was not about anything else about the game. 
She thanked God, and then what did she do? She mentioned all of the reserve players on this team. That had to mean something to every single one of the players that's contributed anything, be it on the court, be it practice, be it, um, you know, just being a great teammate. The fact that she started with that, to me, just says everything about what Dawn Staley's program is all about, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that really stood out to me, uh, you know, mentioning Olivia Thompson and some of the freshmen, you know, that don't play a ton. I mean, these are people that you going back to your point about buying in earlier. They have accepted a role, you know, whatever that role may be. It may expand in the future. It may not expand as much. And, you know, we'll kind of see what happens on that front. But they're being patient. I think a lot of those people can can look around and go, I'm helping this team. I'm playing an important role for right now. And then maybe I step up into a greater role later. Look at Destiny Henderson. She played. I think as a freshman, she played, what, 15 minutes a game, something like that. And now she's risen to where she was the best player on the court in the national title game in a win for Carolina. So um, I thought that was great. And, again, another example of that culture that that Dawn Staley has built where there's a genuine, you know, happiness um, and authenticity, you know, surrounding that program. Definitely, man. Uh, so, all right, Chris, I, uh, I'm i I'm trying to look at the stream. It looked like the team is starting to arrive. Uh, I think the caption said they might be about five minutes still away from, from being on the stage. But I, uh, I'm i going to give everybody time to get over to the other stream and watch if they want. So, uh, this is probably not – this is not good for ratings or viewing on our part, but uh, we are not going to take away any shine from Gamecocks women's basketball today. Y'all, uh, y'all go check them out. Y'all go watch the team come back. Um, Chris and I are going to get out of here. If you head on over to YouTube, uh, just search South Carolina Gamecocks or go to youtube.com slash Gamecocks online. The school has that official stream going. And then, of course, we'll have complete coverage on GamecocksCentral.com of, of everything involving this South Carolina second women's basketball national championship Chris, you got any closing thoughts, man? Are you good to go? Good to go. All right. For Chris, I'm Wes. We appreciate y'all. Congrats again, South Carolina women's basketball. National champions. Go watch them arrive in Columbia at CLA. Again, YouTube.com slash Gamecocks online. And Chris and I will see you later this week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.